0: Guys, thank you so much for joining me this morning to have your coffee in Christ with your girl, Krishna Janae. Um, season two has been um, pretty glorifying so far. I know during this pandemic that we are all staying prayerful and trying to maintain um, emotionally, mentally, financially. Um, I am lifting all of you up in prayer and hoping that you are staying safe, staying healthy, and that you understand that you are not alone. Um, Use this time to um, just become deep-rooted in your faith again. And continue to pray and we are going to get through this together. I have a wonderful message for you this morning. It's entitled, When a Village Fails a Child. And I mentioned a little bit about the title and the message on last show's um, message or doing last show's show. And so I'm excited to bring you this this message so let's go ahead and start off with our own um, podcast prayer and we say thank you father for positioning this platform in Christ and thank you father for placing all those who have trusted you as your savior and allowing us to fellowship through this network as brothers and sisters thank you that we are members of your body and we are being built up together as your holy dwelling place. Father, we pray that as the wickedness in the world seems to be increasing and the love of many has grown so cold that you will continue to unite us in loving fellowship and continue help us seek your peace your word and forgiveness when we fall short short i pray that this message is delivered in your likeness and pleases you father and that our hearts receive it with love and as we continue on within our day our week that we hold each other up in prayer in jesus name amen so as i was saying i have a wonderful message for you this morning and i just really hope that I continue to deliver messages of hope and inspiration and truth. And that's exactly what I am bringing to you on this morning. Um, This message just came to me, um, I guess, because I'm very passionate about the topic and I'm very passionate about uplifting our community and uplifting our children and and making sure that this generation and our generations to come are secure in prayer and secure in knowing Jesus Christ. And so we've all heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And I strongly personally believe this to be quite true. But what happens when a village fails a child? Have we stopped to really address the crisis and generational issues that continues to plague our homes? It continues to plague our marriages, the prisons, I mean our communities, our educational system, and our personal growth. There are so many elements to this underlying problem. I mean so many issues that branches out into our society. It's almost like A tree, a lifeless tree, and these branches are growing hollow, limbless, disease infected, and lifeless, all from one root that has covered our ground, our community ground, our village ground, with an infectious epidemic. I mean, I've covered many topics on this show. I've talked about chivalry. I've talked about my own tests and testimonies, being aligned, um, mental health and educational gaps. Um, we've introduced the sincerity of a parent's love. We talked about how being authentic and our insecurities can can lead us not to be um, authentic or real. And I've talked about my own brokenness. I've talked about brokenness, you know, in general, There's so many topics, but I feel like all of those topics in season one of this podcast ministry has been surface level topics. And they're topics that I still feel are so important. And I'm going to continue to deliver messages that are maybe minute for some, but very huge and large and impactful for others. But what I'm trying to say is that, all of these topics, you know, are still part of one large tree. And I'm going to try to cover as many branches today that grow from this one hollow, dry, rotted tree trunk on today. I'll dive deeper into a more truthful, brutally honest topic that needs to be addressed. I mean, I want to stop being one that ignores these issues so we can finally start to uproot this tree that has the words I feel carved into its trunk for the entire world to see rooted by the failure of a village. I mean, everyone can see this, but we still find a way to ignore it. We still find a way to overlook it. We still find a way to accept it. We nourish it by ignorance. And it's almost like we cripple one another. So it's time to be honest with ourselves so we can take our communities back. And it's time that these roots get exposed to the truth of the word, not the world. The word. I'm going to look at um, education and how education is one of the largest industries that plays a major part in our broken village and then I'm going to tell you where that educational brokenness stems from as well so i've been in education for 13 years and I have seen the cracks in the system, but I've also seen amazing stories. I have been able to be a part of some of the most beautiful success stories being told right in front of my eyes. And, and being, you know, written as an, and being a part of it just brings so much joy. And being an educator, that's what happens. We, we, we stay in it for those success stories. But today I I have chosen to not ignore the other truths. Yes, there's truth that we have so much success, but I don't want to ignore the other truth. The truth of so many stories that could have been success, not have that happily ending because of this broken system and the dam- the damages from a broken educational system it does exist and it is a major major ingredient that we can find or a major rotten ingredient that we find in a broken village i mean there are amazing educators and people that have had the honor of that I've had the honor of of meeting and working with, working for, that straps on their armor, steal every single day and fight for the sake of our children, for the sake of our village. I want to applaud you because you are standing in your position with purpose. You are doing the very best that you can. Don't give up. Keep your head up. I know it's not easy at all. You are the other people, are the other, or you are the small percentage of society that doesn't ignore the truth, but you continue to fight against those elements. So I thank you and I'm standing with you. But what happens when these amazing people are fighting against? a broken village. I mean, I read a saying one time that was an awakening literally in my spirit to the horror that lies in our system. And I think this might've been years ago. Um, I might've just started my um, career actually in Houston and in a system that I thought, and I still believe it's amazing. The district, the central office, the school board, um, supported the teachers they provided resources we had amazing people with purpose and passion they provided opportunities without bias I mean they we, I met amazing friends outside of my workplace that became like family because of their embrace and their willingness to to teach and learn at the same time while being in the classroom and we fellowshipped and We just loved one another and that exuded in what we did as educators and into the lives of our students. And I miss you guys. But um, around that time, I just because I was ignorant. I thought that this was an amazing uh, profession. This is where I wanted to be. Um, I had no reason to question that at that time of my life. So when I read this message, again, it just was an awakening in my spirit. And it went something like this. It said, The teacher tries to discipline a student for an infraction in the classroom, but the teacher has to be cautious of what administration will say because administration has to be cautious of what central office or the superintendent has to say because the superintendent or the school board is afraid of what the parents will say or do because the parents are scared of what the child will say or do. So. It went on to show how the system is ultimately ran or ruled by the child. And it's because the parents has broken the structure of the family. You see, Proverbs 1 verse 7 said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's foolish to think that Discipline instruction is not a vital tool in constructing a village properly. I even have said in countless committee meetings, um, five or four meetings, IEP meetings, and I'm only speaking um, behavioral issues that have come up, not any special needs. Um, That's a different case, but where the excuses has been made over and over again that the child cannot read or the child cannot write and they're falling or they're failing, they're falling behind or they're failing because of the lack of discipline. And then it turns back onto the hardworking educators or the hardworking administrators Because everything now is just a number. Students are now just a number. And I've even heard, oh, they're causing so many issues. So we need to place them, not promote them. Because remember, whenever you are placed position, then you become promoted. But when it's not aligned properly properly, Someone is just going to move you up. Someone is just going to place you right there. Like you're an item that needs to be put out of the way. And I've even heard it come in the form of let's get this person or this student off this campus. I mean, no accountability whatsoever. And this child is just placed are put to the next grade which leads him or her to be put into a society one day unprepared a society that will have to reap the repercussions of that child falling through the cracks and the crazy part is, is that We have majority of America thinking that it is okay for public education to eliminate librarians, counselors, or social workers in the primary schools when funding becomes an issue. When it probably wasn't the lack of funding to begin with, it was the lack of discipline to manage funding appropriately. So let me give you a scenario. We have a student, Little John. He's now showing signs of mental and emotional instability at second grade or in the second grade and there's no parent involvement. But for some reason, it's unnoticed because we do not have the resources or the professional staff to help detect this at an early age. So by the time... Little John gets to eighth grade after being held back twice, probably, because at some point you had a soldier teacher or a soldier professional or a soldier staff member that took notice of these warning signs. um, And they tried everything that they could do, given what they are able to to work with or given the 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 roadblocks that they come across and then these staff members, these educators, these professionals are now unintentionally, you know, added to are placed into the broken village system that has failed this child. But anyway, so after little John is being held back twice um, he gets placed to the next grade level, which is into high school because he needs to get off the campus, but he has no fundamentals. And our poor educators, unfortunately, they're not even offered, you know, professional development to help teach Students with mental, Ill, with mental issues, which mental issues and concerns are the leading cause of discipline issues. And so, truth be told, we're left with asking the question what happens when a village fails a child? Well, that village stems from the breakdown in the family structure, the mothers and the fathers. And so I want to move into addressing the roles of mothers and fathers and how parenthood, being a mother, being a father is the key. And a foundation to everything. See Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I may step on many toes, but I'm not going to ignore the truth. I'm also a parent, so this may sting myself or make me reflect on my own choices as a parent, as a mother. And that's what God's truth does. It makes you reflect on yourself and reevaluate and try to become better. And so when we or when you are assigned To be a mother or a father, this is an assignment that has been appointed and trusted to you by God. When you abandon this assignment, you are in a whirlwind of generational poverty, generational gaps, generational differences, generational curses that will be the product of a broken village. And I go into details about that broken village later, but right now... Let's continue to look at how not standing in your position with passion can lead to a destructive offspring. So many parents are afraid to discipline their child or children because their fear of not being loved. First and foremost, as a parent, as an adult, you shouldn't be placing heavy expectations of your child to feel voids in you as an adult. Mothers are looking for emotional husbands in their sons and fathers are displaying an unstable man to their daughters. You cannot place these expectations of a child to feel a void in you. We have so many adults that are so broken themselves from this generational disaster because as a child you may have witnessed the same things so now you have mothers and you have fathers that are so in need of the love that you try to feel some type of void or you try to seek that feeling of unconditional love from a child when you miss the Father above, that is the ultimate, ultimate sign of unconditional love, agape love. And so we place those burdens on our children. And the same type of emptiness that you are searching for in your children is the same type of emptiness that you will now pass on to your children. And so what happens? You don't give the emotional and mental nourishment or the exposure that your child or that your children need. Mothers and fathers, selfishness becomes a disease. See, we have to be selfless. God gave us his only son for sacrifice. We have to learn that we are now mothers and fathers and sacrifice becomes our main objective it's like selfishness becomes something that infects the minds and the mental health of our our children and then You may begin to overcompensate by allowing your child or or the children to do or act as he or she wants and you justify those behaviors, you enable them which will turn into habits, just think about it. If you are blaming everyone else, if you are blaming the father of your children or if you are blaming the mother of your children or if you are blaming the educators or you are blaming the system, you are blaming everyone else in front of your children, guess what you are teaching your children to do? Dodge accountability. You are teaching them how to blame They take no accountability. Then they become entitled. Or they take on this notion of entitlement. The system or everyone else owes me something. These things can turn into habits. Dangerous habits. Mothers, if you search for love in a dysfunctional place... Your child has a strong possibility of living life dysfunctional. And fathers, if you abandon your children or abandon your duties of being a provider, that priest and that protector, a man of God, I mean, then your children has a high possibility of guess what? Abandoning their God-given roles as well. When we as parents become fearful to discipline our children and show them to God, we fail our children's intellect. We fail their ability um, to grow productive to, pro- to grow productively. We shelter them from coping. We shelter them from prayer. We fail them. And no one has accountability. I thank God that I have the village I have in raising my daughter, Kennedy, if my mom, if my dad, husband, sister, sister sister-in-law, brother, her teacher, if they are correcting Kennedy, it's not a blame on them. I know that they are correcting her out of tenderness and out of love and to help her become better. And I have trained her to understand that and to respect that. Now there is a difference when someone is being harsh and when someone is being abusive. That is a complete difference. We abuse from a mother or a father or anyone is very horrifying. It's very, it's very horrible. And it can cause a generational disturbance and generational um, um, dysfunctions and a cycle. See, Colossians 3 verses 21 say, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. See, we have to learn how to have diplomacy. We have to learn how to have a tendency of being sensitive, but yet stern to our children's needs. We cannot blame other people for correcting them. But we also have to understand that we have to talk to our children, explain to our children. Proverbs 23 verses 13, 14 says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from, and you will save his soul. And, And my thing is, Don't misconstrue this scripture. It's a lot of things in regards to striking him with a rod of love, striking him with a rod of discipline that has tenderness, that has an understanding that you are being corrected because we want you to continue to follow Christ. We want you to be the best that you can be. See, all of this is so important because when we mess up parenthood, when we become motherless or fatherless and heartless, our children become a motherless and or a fatherless child. And then we're left with the question, what happens when a village fails a child You know what happens they become motherless and fatherless children Proverbs 29:15 says the rod and the reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother It's in the word When we leave these children begging for love for nourishment, because of our decisions, because of our mistakes. Oftentimes, they grow up to suffer the most from mental health issues. Not all, because there are so many children that overcome and beat the odds, and some tell of their tests through electrifying testimonies. Because somewhere along the way, ancestral prayers seep through. And they were covered by the blood. And they were able to redirect their path. But let me tell you what becomes of children when a village fails. And those children aren't able to find their resurrected selves. Mental health issues and concerns plague the minds of our children it plagues our streets our communities our schools our businesses corruption domestic violence continues to be an issue a major issue possessiveness and controlling tendencies becomes habit And our crime rate increases. Let me stop a moment just to address our criminal system, because I really feel like our criminal system needs to be, you know, reconstructed. It has been developed to cage and destroy from my perspective, but it's kind of funny how... A cold-blooded murderer has the legal right to a fair trial, but a little black child like Khalif Brown, walking home at night at the wrong time and unjustly got arrested, didn't get to see the inside of a courtroom. This baby at the tender age of 16 or 17. I remember this case so well because it's so near and dear to my heart. Around two thousand fifteen, I believe, I was introduced to um his case and it it resonated with me, and I would carry this young man and this case with me for the rest of my life. But to not even be granted an institution where other juveniles were being policed to go directly into the prison system. And not even get a fair trial. All because he knew his truth and he would not take a plea. This baby got introduced to the prison system, solitary confinement. And I think it might have been years. And it's it's, it's just very heartbreaking. And so I say all this because our position matters. Judges, our lawyers, our sheriffs, policemen, mayors, presidents, Everyone involved in the criminal system. Ourselves, teachers, everyone. Because you know what? I've been an educator and I am a strong individual that almost refused to write up my children and my students. As long as I've been in the classroom. I just have a notion where I refuse to have my children start to create a habit of having a record, a bad record Trailing our paper trail, trailing behind them because I firmly believe at that age we can reach them if we put more effort into the mental health system, into our criminal system, into our system that shows different for them. And so, everyone that's involved in this criminal system, you see, if we walk in our purpose. And when we have this purpose and we're walking with passion, when we stand in our positions with dignity, then truth lives everywhere. But what happens when we fail a child? There are so many people that are now taking positions in the criminal system that I wish could have been there a long time ago. They're starting to walk in truth. They're not scared to get on national TV and speak about the greatness of God. And this is what we need in our systems. Criminal system, educational system. So we won't continue to see the hopelessness and the insecurities. Blood. The souls and the spirits of our young children. We won't see the entitlement and that mentality walking around that's disobedient and violent. We won't continue to see our relationships fail. Women, we have to get it together. You should not accept anything less than your worth just to say you have Quote unquote, a man, just to have the title of wife. You are better than that. Stop crippling these men. Our job is not to raise a grown man. This is where mothers should take their position and do a great job. I've always wanted a son. After I had my daughter, I was like, I want a son. I want to raise an amazing young man. I want to show him how to have tenderness when he needs to have tenderness. How to lead properly. So the woman that he has seeked out and that he has chosen to be his wife will follow. He will learn how to talk to her. How to move whenever she doesn't even need to ask. Because he's so in tune to his calling as a leader. So we need to stop enabling these men. Stop thinking it is okay. It's funny because they're drinking. Or it's funny because they're being disobedient. It's funny because... They have this entitlement or because they need to be waited on or served on. That's not funny. I serve a king. I can follow my husband. But I'm not here to serve my husband. Partnership is different. Men stop. Thinking it's okay to not be independent before you become dependent. Stop blaming everyone else. Lead like you should lead. It's not 1920. That woman had to stay home. She had to endure everything that you brought back to her, from the pressures to your anger to you going out, possibly having other families. This is a new day and age. She's your helpmate. You need to show your daughters. You need to show your sons how to be that provider, that protector, that priest. You want someone to follow you. You need to stand up and you need to learn how to lead. That woman is not designed to be your mother. She is your wife. She is your mate. She is your companion. Don't you ever speak to her harshly. Don't you ever think it's okay to not be tender. To not cry with her. To not lift her up. But this is a product. Of a failed village. A motherless and fatherless child. We start seeing inability to cope. There's no more coping skills found in our young generation. There's no coping skills that's found in some of the adults. Misery becomes their daily normal. Functioning and Dysfunction. Then you have poverty-stricken disparities that takes on the form of our spiritual growth, our mental growth, our finances. It becomes a cycle. All of this. When a village fails a child... It plays on our generational infrastructure. Generational infrastructure. Proverbs 17 verse 6 says, Grandchildren are the crown of the age and the glory of children is their fathers. And then Psalms 127 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. But we have a way to take our village back. I won't give this message of truth in the midst of this pandemic, this hurtful truth, without leaving you with some type of inspiration. Because God is a healer. And when he becomes our provider, when he becomes our master and our teacher, we can take our village back. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Use this time right now to jumpstart our village. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, God, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you as well. See, this reminds us who lives in us, in our children, in our once childhood lives, whatever village may have failed you, whatever mother or father that may have abandoned you, know that your spiritual father will never fail you, never abandon you. And mother and fathers, we have to forgive our past in order to resurrect our broken village from the dead. We have to take back our generational infrastructure. We have to plant a new tree, a tree planted by a mustard seed of faith, a seed as small as an oak tree. To where the devil questions, what can become of such a small seed? And he's going to watch it grow. And when our roots are planted in God, in his truth, our village will no longer fail a child. So I end this message with asking you the question. Mothers, fathers, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers. Are you ready to take our village back? I am going to move on to poetry. I know it's very heavy. This was very a this was a passionate um, message for me. Um, Maybe because I'm rooted in education and um, and have seen so many things, and I truly love our youth. And now that I'm venturing off into mental health and clinical social work, it's so important and vital for me to remain an advocate and bring awareness to this dire this dire need of of mental health reconstruction we need a focus. and i'm going to say this my personal feeling mental health professionals criminal system the educational system it will not be elevated until we all face god until we all face god's truth and so anyway um this poem is actually entitled through the eyes of a fatherless child and it is um One that I've written from the conversation of hope, but this one is actually a narrative poem and it's the introduction to a novel that I have been writing. It's um, following four characters that in some way or form have been the product of either a mother or uh, have been the product of being a motherless or fatherless child. And this one is entitled is, it's very metaphoric and um, figurative through the eyes of a fatherless child, because even though... Um, They may have been orphaned or they felt abandoned. They failed to incorporate our Heavenly Father. And whenever you become a fatherless child, meaning you become a child that goes through life and grow up in life without understanding that you have the Father God, I mean, our Almighty protecting you and guiding you and loving you your perspective can become distorted and again it plays on our generational infrastructure and this actual novel it's not completed I've been working on it for a while but I want to take my time on this one because it's very dear and near to me not that it have any um, biographical um, insight into it not anything in regards to my life but being in education for 13 years, I have been writing it for almost 13 years because I have transitioned from not being a mother when I first started writing this to being a mother to, you know, growing in, in my educational path and now social work path. And so I think once again, it's just a book that has, that has taken on this alignment path. And I, I know God is going to... Um, blessed and when it's time for that completed work to be finished it's going to be a work of excellence and a work driven by by faith and and um and obedience to him so anyway so this poem again is through the eyes of a fatherless child and it's um a narrative for t- different characters so you'll hear you are here. the transition when i move on to the different character and their perspective. I'm here today, I'm gone tomorrow. Well, you know, when the going gets tough, I get going. At least that's what my story told. My mom was there some of the time and she loved me all of the time, some of the time. That's only when the tangerine man wasn't playing his beat and rapping his lines. And my dad, how can I put this, mm, nicely? In and out, in and out, in jail and out of my life. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So now I stopped for no one. My work became my best friend. I'm a successful male lawyer with no one to share it with. But hey, don't blame or judge me, for I'm a fatherless child. No one was there to save me. I'm a young, handsome brother, if I I may say so myself. I made sure to stay out of trouble even when both of my parents just picked up and left. Left me to fight this world all alone. Come to think about it, I don't even know when I love a woman all wrong. Heck, I don't need a woman to make my day. Shucks, my own mama went away. So, what can I do? So, what can a woman do? No one could change my thoughts until I met you. I mean, you were so pretty like my mom, too. So sweet like her when she was sober enough to remember her name. You showed me stability. You said you would always remain. So you gave me a child and then things began to change. You gave all the attention to this little one that now bears my name. I mean, you stopped making me feel like a man. You stopped everything. It was too much for me to handle. So I bounced and left you and the baby with nothing. Now, don't blame or judge me. But I'm a fatherless child. No one was there to save me. I'm such a woman. I can make any man sweat with just batting my eyes. I get what I want by using what I have, just as long as they don't look deep inside. Inside, you will see the pain that lies beneath a lost little girl. You should just call me abandonment. Mommy sold my soul at only the age of 10. Daddy took my little girl from me at the age right before then. Oh, what a sin. A sin I am, a sin I will be. But hey, don't blame or judge me, for I'm a fatherless child. No one was there to save me. I'm walking down the aisle with this man on my side. His blood doesn't run through my veins, but he's the one that gave me his last name. Thank you, God, for stepping up to be a real man. He's now about to give me away, place my hand in his hand. But the curse already lives here. My daughter will now have the same thoughts, wondering why her daddy left her to be raised in someone else's heart. So even though I'm supposed to be happy at this point, I'm full of resentment and it's all his fault. But hey, don't blame or judge me. I'm still pissed, even though I had someone step up and save me. God Speaks. To my fatherless child, don't give up. You do not have to be what you have become. You are more than a conqueror. You have victory. You have a father, the almighty, for it is me. To my fatherless child, I'm not blaming you. I'm trying to show you how your dreams can still come true. Your past was allowed to create a movement to show you how to forgive and live life to the fullest. To my fatherless child, I've, I haven't forgotten you. I won't ever give you up or leave you confused. To my fatherless child, stop blaming me. For you can now look to be saved by a father like me. And so I'm snapping and I'm snapping and I'm snapping. Thank you very much. <laughs> so as you have heard, this poem was a narrative poem and it took form um in perspective of four different characters and I think it was very befitting for this message today so now I'm going to move on to my book recommendation and guys this one actually um a woman's perspective, the virtual book club. We have been reading the wholeness series, and we were wrapping up the very last novel in that series this month. But I also suggested another book, and this book was actually this novel was given to me one Christmas, I can't remember the exact year as a present. And when I tell you, it's 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 just aligned so perfectly for this message. My goodness. Um it's entitled The Twelve Tribes of Hattie by Ayana Mathis. And again, this is um what month are we? April, my birthday month. This is one of April's um book club readings and for a woman's perspective book club and I suggest it and I'm going to recommend it to you guys today. No, it's not a short read as I normally offer short reads, quick reads. Um, this one took me about three sittings only because the the whole book was captivating. Um, and I had a lot of other things that I had to do. But if I could have just sat there and read it all day undisturbed, I would have done that because it was that well written. It is not a happily ever after, but it does... Sh- shine um, truth to this matter and the generational infrastructure that Mm -hmm. takes place from emotionalist giving from a mother and a father and the 12 tribes of Hattie basically gives the perspective each chapter is a perspective written from um, first person from each of Hattie's children and you see the cycle you see what happens and how things trickle down from a mother and a father into the children and into their own adulthood which trickles down into their children and it's just an amazing read and it and it get, it'll give you more of a visual um, a literary visual of of the message that I'm speaking on today, so that's it, guys. I really enjoyed this message. I really enjoyed again being on air with you. Thank you, thank you so much. You guys have been so amazing from season one, and I'm so excited because we're in April, but I forgot to mention that in around December or January. I made a full year in this ministry and it's all because of you guys and I love what I do and it's just such a blessing to come here and really be able to express myself because little do you know when I do that I'm able to reflect and I'm able to grow and I'm able to become better and I love sharing my growth with all of you on air, and it's just so amazing how you guys continue to give me amazing feedback. Please continue to do that. Um, it's writing dove words for the soul. Weebly. and check me out. Go, go to the site and and send me requests, messages that maybe, let on your heart that you would love for me to speak about. Um, shout outs to anyone that you would love for me to shout out businesses let's during this time continue to support our economy Um, drive throughs we have pickup we're gonna get through this together and just as you guys have been with me helping me grow I thank you and I'm completely completely humbled and blessed um, to have you guys as supporters so I want you all to have a beautiful, beautiful and blessed week. Make sure you are staying safe. You are staying healthy. Count your blessings. Jumpstart your life during these times of stillness and silence. And just be mindful that we have a village and we have accountability. And we have positions that we need to stand in. And, we are, and when we are allowed and when God sees fit for us to return back to the hustle and bustle of life, we will remember that he allowed us to be still so we can incorporate that stillness into our busy lives. And so we can glorify him every day and all day. So with that being said, I'm gonna let you guys go. I love all of you. Thank you so much. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful and blessed day week. Ciao guys.